Goal Night. Al Foran's Football Forum. A Goal Night original. Very welcome to episode 14 of Goalmouth, Al Foran's Football Forum. This is a Goal Out original podcast talking about all things football. Goal Out is the home of Irish podcasts and the new Goal Out app is available to download for free now in the App Store. We are the champions! We are the champions! Real Madrid won, Liverpool <laughs> nil. <laughs> the best result for Man United fans this season. <laughs> what an what an intro! <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's pathetic though. Like that, that was such a good result from for me and many other Man United fans. This oh, but it like, is pathetic. There's there is an element of it's so small time, isn't it? Yeah, like like the best results Andrew, you had all season didn't involve your own team. Andrew, they they would do the same. I, they I know. did the same when we lost when we lost to Barcelona. They did the exact same. I know, I know, but I never, I never really liked it. It just, it, it just, it's the type of thing you'd expect. No, you'd, listen, it's the type of thing when you celebrate expect. it, you like you think, God, this is pathetic. But like, it's but I'm gonna thing, keep celebrating. <laughs> it's the type of thing you would have you'd expect Everton fans to do. Or Man City fans to do. Well, yeah. You know. Man United fans. Are they, and look, and I know Liverpool fans did it. It's are tribalism. Not, are, it is tribalism, but they're not supposed to be a little bit above that. No. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think so. That, that It's just... In a way, it's respect as well. Yeah, it is. It is respect. Like, we... You know, United fans dread Liverpool winning trophies more so than Man City yeah so there's a there's a greater respect there like Man City you know we're a team you know our club an institution that's been put together by billions and billions and billions and billions of pounds do you know what I mean like when Man City win the Premier League it's yeah. kind of a eh. I, th- I think that that's where you needed to put, bring in uh, Donald Trump with his billions and billions well billions and billions and billions and billions Mansoor has poured into the team it's incredible <laughs> It really is fantastic. I've never seen anything like it. Did you ever see the video Vice News put together of it's just a compilation of Trump saying billions yeah, and billions brilliant. all over again? <laughs> anytime <It's> I billions. <laughs> anytime I remember actually I was um I was working I was doing a news bulletin one time and yeah. uh the what the story was Jeff Bezos getting divorced. Right. And yeah. my opening line wa- into that story was and this is how much Jeff Bezos the divorce is going to cost him. And it was just a clip of Donald Trump saying billions and billions and billions and billions. How much did she receive? Actually? Oh, look, that's immaterial. It was tens of billions. But listen, back, back to the football. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interesting game. Yeah, it was. It uh, wasn't entertaining, really. No, but there was almost this element of. But there were moments, great yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah. Tiva Courtois, Jesus Unbelievable. Christ. The greatest performance from a goalkeeper in a cup final that I've ever seen. I can't, I don't recall another one no. like that. No. Just. Phenomenal. Yeah. Just everything he got a hand to just went his way. And he said he wants to prove a point because I believe he wasn't in the top 20 
goalkeepers in the world. He Which I listed. find bizarre. Very bizarre. I find bizarre. And this isn't just revisionism after seeing him play well once. Like, you know, yeah. you're the goalkeeper for Real Madrid. Mm. After having quite a success, successful stint at not just at Chelsea, yeah. but also Atletico Madrid as well. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a top goalkeeper. Oh, he's brilliant. Is he at the level of Allison and Ederson? No, I don't think so. He's close enough, He's not though. far off, though. He's not far like, off, there, Andrew. There yeah. aren't, but there aren't 20 goalkeepers better than him. That's, that's oh, the point ridiculous. I'd be making. Yeah. Was De Gea ahead of him? I can't remember. Like, that'd be a travesty if De Gea was ahead of him. See, well, De Gea in his prime, I, I could understand, but... At the moment, no, especially when Courtois pulling out performances like that in the Champions League final. Yeah, it was incredible. And as yeah. well, I, I look at, I think Casemiro, I just... He I, was outstanding. I love him. He's just outstanding. And we, I know we were saying last week that, um, you know, if they start Casemiro, Modric and Kroos, that Liverpool would probably win it. I, and I do you know what? That. Alan Cawley said that. Alan Cawley said that. But yeah. do you know what? There were times, especially in the first half, where that midfield couldn't get anywhere near the ball. No. And I was immediately thinking to what Alan Cawley said. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, get Camavinga on that pitch yeah. like, for a bit of energy. You Maybe know? he did eventually came on, but he came on at the 85th like minute. Eighth, minute. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know what happened to Liverpool's midfield because it just seemed that they slowed down a little bit and... It was it was just a tale of two halves for yeah. Liverpool. They I don't know what happened to them in the the second half. They just shut off completely. But they weren't even that bad in the second half. They needed a top save from Courtois to keep yeah, yeah to keep them out. You know, and a yeah. couple of them. And Salah really was the only forward who turned up. Carvajal did a number on Luis Diaz. Yeah, it's first Didn't time. I, yeah, it's first time I'd seen Diaz quiet. Yeah. Car- but Carvajal is, I don't know how old he is, I think he's like 30, 31. Mm. Like he's experienced. Yeah. I think that's his, along with a lot of the members of that squad, that's like his fifth Champions League. They are just an experienced team. Yeah. You know, it really was. It was a case of them just, these players have been there. They know what it's like. I'm so happy for them because they won it without Ronaldo as well. It was kind of, a, it was a, to prove a point. But like this Real Madrid team, it won't go down as one of the greatest Real Madrid teams. Absolutely of all time. not. I mean, kind of, it's like the the '98 team that yeah, won it. But they're a, they're a cup final team. Yeah, you know that's what Real Madrid are. But they cruised in in La Liga as yeah. well. Like this is my issue, Andrew. There's like a good few Liverpool fans. Michael Owen saying, "My God, Madrid are so lucky to be here." Like, what, what, I Mike think, does, like, what happened to Michael Owen's brain? I what? think, I, I can understand where he's coming from there, I think. How? Because, ah, come on, like, look at it. Look who they beat. Yeah, I know. Look, and that's why they are deserving champions, because of how they beat them. But they were, they had to come from the depths of hell all three times in order to do that. United did that in 99. I know. They came from the depths of hell. I know that. With the exception of, I think, Inter, they... they Beat Inter comfortably. Yeah, Inter was comfortable in, 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 enough. Yeah, in the quarterfinals, but then obviously Juventus. Yeah, but like Real Madrid beat Inter Milan, the rain at the time, the reigning Italian champions uh, in in the groups, and then they beat PSG, the reigning French champions. Then they beat Chelsea, the reigning European champions. Then Manchester City, the reigning fucking Premier League champions, yeah. and then Liverpool, who are considered the best team in the world, who were considered the hot favourites to win this Champions League. Oh. The only team Real Madrid didn't beat that didn't have on their CV was Bayern Munich. That was it. Yeah. The only top team. Yeah, and they were beaten by Villarreal. They, like, they beat the top three 
Premier League teams. Look, nobody. I'm not trying to say they didn't deserve it. I can just I can understand what Michael Owen was trying to say. But just yeah, they did do typical, it in typical Michael Owen fashion. He made an absolute pig's ear of it. Ridiculous. I just one of the things I thought that Liverpool were able were early on. I thought they were going to snuff out was uh, Vinicius Junior. It seemed that Kanate was the man. Yeah, basically tasked to watch him, watch what he's doing. He just kept knocking on the door, though. Yeah, he did. He did. There was one moment in the first half where I think he nutmegged Kanate and he mm. was kind of he was through. Then he played it across, and there was nobody there for him mm. or something like that. But um, are we ready? Are we ready to talk about the guy who was marking him? Well, we'll get. We'll get there. We'll get there. But um, but yeah, no, he. I thought he had. I thought he played really, really well. Like any time mm. he got on the ball, he looked dangerous. But at the beginning, Kanate seemed to look like he kind of had his number a little bit yeah, and that he did. Liverpool seemed to have that but, threat kind of snuffed out because that was the one thing that they really needed to well one of two but, things but that's, really. that's the ridiculous thing we're talking about a centre-back yeah you know um, pretty much man-marking mm. a left-winger when the right-back should be doing that yeah exactly and this is what I talk about with Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah he re- relies on his centre-backs to do the dirty work yeah. for him they literally, and, he had, and to be fair to Trent, I thought he had a good game on on Saturday going forward. Well, he always has a good game for going forward. You know, he he never like does anything wrong going forward. He's always a threat. Yeah. He is a terrible defender. He is a brutal defender. He, and, he ball watches. Absolutely. And Liverpool fans, I'm sorry, you need to look at yourselves in the mirror and realise that this guy is not a good defender. He's not. He's made so many mistakes in key games for you guys this season and in seasons uh, previous seasons. You need to realise how weak this guy is defensively and don't say oh yeah well his output makes up for it it doesn't it didn't make up for it in this game whatsoever he's made the mistake and there you go yeah. and that that's everyone was highlighting that you know but Liverpool fans seem to think no no we're better off with Trent at right back he's not a good right back he's not a good defender Reese James is a better right back than him but the thing the thing is I know, I know what you're saying but what do you do then to kind of nullify? You can't drop him. Like, you can't. What do you do then with him? You change his position. But then do you take <sighs> away the work that he's doing on the right-hand side? Do they go for a three at the back, maybe, and have him as a, as a wing-back? Would that have Possibly. Probably, would that have probably worked? Well, I don't think you'd expect Klopp to... Either, either that or, or Klopp goes traditional with a 4-4-2. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. 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 That's how it works. Trent Alexander-Ireland as a, as a right-sided midfielder, a, a David Beckham-esque player, it yeah. would be... I think, I think you needed a man-marker on him. Say. You needed a man-marking job on him. If you want to play Trent at right-back, that's fine, but there needs to be an extra body back. For me, it's like, it's like looking at David Beckham yeah. playing right-back. Because in fair, but in fairness to, to Vinicius Jr. as well, he, tra- he was nearly man-marking Trent himself. Hmm. Because we've seen from him in the past that he's not the type that'll sprint back yeah. when the right back is going forward. Yeah. He seemed to realise the threat that Trent Alexander-Arnold exactly. posed. Exactly, yes, he did. And he was happy to kind of yeah. do the dirty work for that game. Mm. And But even at that, Trent still did a number on him going forward. And then mm. it was kind of the other way around then. It was a but very it was an interesting matchup. It's just Trent's positional yeah. awareness as a defender. Yeah. He just hasn't learned whatsoever. I sent you a text on, on Saturday night saying that like he had no idea where he was. No. 
He had no idea where he was. But then on the other flank, you had uh, Fede Valverde and Robertson. That was a great battle. Great battle, yeah. Two Valver- Val- dogged, hard-working lads just yeah. going at each other. Valverde is a great player. He is. He's very good. He's a really good player. A great player, utility player in a sense. You can play him in midfield as well. Yeah. Or you can play him as a right-sided forward or a right-sided midfielder. He is a quality player. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun battle watching the pair then. Yeah, go at each other, and because and both of them played well. I don't think you can say no. They both played either, well. Either or won that battle. It was no. just it was just really a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and um, Benzema was kept a bit quiet. I he think. was kept a bit quiet, but he his hold up play he though, played his part. Yeah, his hold up plays his hold up play is just world class yeah but that and that's something that wasn't really highlighted mm. before because it is good that's not the first time yeah. we'd see him perform like that Fre- French players it's the thing about them with their hold up play Giroud was another one Giroud Martial yeah as much that's as true, I know actually, Martial yeah. when, when he played as a number 9 his hold up play was one of the best aspects of his game yeah so yeah Benzema's hold up play until he decided he didn't want to do it anymore yeah until he just does it he wasn't arsed but um, Benzema yeah, I'm I'm so happy for him because that's that's the Ballon d'Or I secured so. for him now. Um but all in all, like it, it was a great game and I just oh, Carlo Ancelotti, he is Imagine going from Everton manager. How the hell did that happen actually? Everton. I, a lot of people are highlighting that listen, that happened, he was at Everton. But this guy has won two Champions Leagues as a player. Two Champions Leagues with Milan uh, as a coach. Uh, sorry, with Milan as a player too. And now his second Champions League with Real Madrid. He has won leagues in France, Italy, Germany, England and Spain. One of the best. He has to be one of the, the greatest of all time. Yeah. In turn, like when you look at that, at how, where he went. Now look, people will obviously... And his brand of football is brilliant. Yeah. It's exciting. People will look and say like, oh sure, he went to some of the biggest clubs and on that, you know, like whatever. You know, yeah, he yeah. won it with PSG and he won it with Bayern Munich. What of it? You know? Yeah, that's an achievement in itself. Yeah, like he he earned the right to manage those clubs through yeah. his reputation and 100%. his ability to get the job done and he got the job done. Yeah. Like you look at Pep Guardiola now, he can't get that one with Man City. No, he can't. This is a guy who's won, he's won four Champions Leagues yeah. as a coach. He's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah and no, yeah, he came from everything and he came to this Real Madrid team and just... I'm just, I'm still baffled as to how the whole Everton thing happened. Yeah, it was a baffling like, one. It was a great one for them, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and they looked they looked decent at one point. They did. They brought in James and... Yeah, that you know, was when James was bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think everyone kind of knew and was like, oh yeah, no, he's going well now. Let's see how he goes now by yeah. game 38. And sure, like... Yeah, it was a disaster. Long checked out. He had long checked out. Yeah. And th- like, for a player with such talent as well, it's just, it's... Yeah. Like, I hate watching it. It's just like, why are you even there? Like, why are you but, bothering your whole life? But you can see how much the, the players adore him. Yeah. They they love him, I, I think. And it is. It's for, for Ancelotti... The job seems effortless for him. Yeah. I just get that vibe off him that, okay, yes, of course, he puts the work in, but the players are aware of who he is and what he has achieved mm. and how he can get the best out of those certain players. And they just work their arse off for them. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's, it's, a, it's a Madrid team that I love, you know, because 
Madrid have always been that kind of team where they bring in the Galacticos and they're viewed as what PSG are now, a team of individuals. And that's kind of changed a lot in the last couple yeah. of years with the Champions Leagues that they've won. They've become a bit more consistent in the league. Um, Florentino Perez has kind of softened his craw a little bit as well yeah. in terms of the Galacticos. You know, and I'm looking at that team and then I see Vinicius Junior, Ro- Rodrigo, Camavinga. They're bringing in that Chuameni fella off yeah. Monaco. And I'm thinking to myself, Mbappe... Just missed out on Mbappe, yeah. Well... Mbappe, fair enough, yeah. The, you're, only, you're reason, getting the, the only reason they missed out on, on Mbappe is because they weren't willing to give him the keys to the club. Yeah. You know, that was the only reason why they missed out. And I think... Oh, any, they're, they're, oh and they're right. Yeah, I think any sane president or sporting director or CEO yeah. or whoever you're having yourself will say, yeah, no, you're all right But there, that's mate. a team with a bright future. Now, they need to change things up at the back, I think. Listen, Alaba... Yeah. He he has been good, but I'm not too sure about that pairing of Alaba. Well, I mean, I say that, like, the pairing of Alaba and Eder Militao yeah. won a league and a Champions, Champions League this, this season. Alaba was excellent. He was brilliant. He was excellent. He was brilliant. Like, he's one of those who you completely forget can also play as a left-back and as a midfielder as well. Midfielder, yeah. He play, played as a midfielder for Austria, didn't yeah. he? Against, yeah, against us, actually, a few years back. Yeah, quality player. Um... Yeah, and what he did at Bayern Munich is just fantastic. Mm. But I still do think they need to maybe strengthen up their defence, Madrid. But Liverpool, looking at them now and looking at the, what the future holds... Um, it looks like Mane's gone anyway for a start. Huge loss for them. Yeah. Huge I loss. I agree. Because Salah at the moment is up and down. Um, he played well on Saturday. He did, he, did, he did play well on Saturday. He did. Like and The only thing that stopped him the was The last 10 ball. games he's kind of... He has. He's he's brushed up a little bit with regards to form, but mm. I don't know where his head will be at next season. Um, I know he signed a one-year extension. I think they're kind of like Diaz is now the the new Mane for them. They definitely need a striker. Unless but they unless they give it's an aging Jota, team. Unless they give Jota a few games, it's an aging team. A lot of players going into their into their early thirties, late twenties. Now that's still peak age. Yeah. For, for those players but I'm looking at Man City next season with Haaland I mean it's it's people are saying it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going to win who's, the league who's but the I am they also have from Boca Juniors as Andrew, well oh uh, Alvarez Al- he scored uh, a double hat-trick yes yeah like I know <laughs> I know but I am also looking and I think it, it could spell trouble for Liverpool next season now they could make the right signings this summer you never know this is it I'm looking at Spurs I'm looking at an Antonio Conte Spurs in the Champions League next year yeah. with an inform son, an inform Harry Kane. He's obviously got the money to make new signings. Will Harry Kane stay now? Oh, 100%. Mm. 100%. That's the, that's the main question they have, really, is Harry Kane going to stay? He's staying. He's staying now. Oh, he's got, he's, he's got a proven manager yeah. who's, you know... Won, uh, won a league title with Chelsea and Inter. Anywhere he goes, he succeeds. He succeeded. He reached his target of getting them top four. Yeah. Look how shit it looked for Spurs when Nuno was sacked. Yeah. They this the is what Conte zone, is doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what Conte has done. And we were talking about it last week with, with, with Al Cali. Mm. He was saying, why didn't United go for Conte? Yeah. He's just a ready-made manager just catered for success and what he's going to do with Spurs next season 
two or three new players and that's they are looking like a really strong strong squad next year yeah they are I can't I don't they will be think, back to the level that we they were with Pochettino I think, yeah, I think, maybe even better I think the I think the top four has kind of sorted itself out for the next year at least you know you I see think, United creeping in I don't know um, not at the moment I well not at the moment it's all unpredictable really with United you don't know how the setup's going to be but you see the thing is United need to go one of two ways they either need to bring in a couple of signings now and kind of yeah. ease the transition from the team now to yeah. a new side that was or to the side that uh, Eric Ten Hag wants and that was the point I was making last week or you just go full clear out and a whole batch of new signings trying to get them all be. bedded in and but if they only if they take the slow process, which I think is the process they need to take, mm. would you say they're ready for top four next year? They when you consider most of those players will likely be, they could creep in. They could creep in if listen. Ahead of who though? These players need to buy into this guy's yeah. project. They need to buy into his philosophy. And if they do that, and if they're consistent, and if they become more disciplined then you could see an improvement next season. Now, the, the rumours of signing Frankie De Jong and Matthias De Ligt, I don't... De Jong, I can Drew absolutely Timber understand. Timber off Ajax as well. Yeah. And, and Nunes. The, the Nunes. Darwin Nunes, yeah. Although I think Newcastle seem to be looking to try and get him as well. I forget Newcastle. I don't yeah. think... Newcastle won't be within an arse's roar. I think they'll be... I think they'll be fighting for the best of the rest, maybe even mm. that Conference League spot in seventh. Yeah, I think that's where they'll be. I think they're still, they're still a long way away. It's a from season top or four. two before they get there. Maybe and look, they could si- they could sign every they could sign the top t- the top eleven players in the world. Mm. They're they're looking at that fella who played with uh, Bruno Gomes. They're looking at Mirman Paqueta. Oh yes, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a player. It is a player, but with the money they have, the temptation there will just be to do what. Chelsea did under Ranieri when Abramovich took over and just yes. sign everyone. Veron, remember? Yeah, and it didn't. And it look, Crespo, it got, it got yeah. them to a level they needed mm. to be at to get. And then Jose Mourinho comes in and he makes the right those, coach, those yeah. few. They makes those few signings just to kind of tick the squad up a yeah. little, that to that next level a little Chelsea bit. Chelsea weren't bad that year though under Ranieri. No, they weren't. They weren't like the, he had yeah. a good base to work with. Yeah, but then he signed a load of players and instead of and they all didn't bed in yeah. at all it, it was he struggled to get them all to bed in properly and yeah. that's the risk that Newcastle are running with all the money they have yeah. like they want to go to that next level they want to be challenging for the Champions League spots that before well I think Eddie Howe has a league. real point to prove that he's not just going to be he's not going to be a transition the, manager yeah. he's a young manager you know he he's I think he is the transition manager though I don't know if he's if 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 I'm in the line of thinking of with the owners, then yeah, I'd probably view him as a transition manager. But yeah. if I'm if I'm looking at if I'm if I'm a fan who's watched Eddie Howe's Bournemouth in the Premier League, I'm thinking to myself, no, this this guy does have a future that he he can do something, you know. And when he took over, I think they had the best form for for wins just behind City and yeah. Liverpool. And a lot of these players at Newcastle are literally fighting for their place as well. Yeah. They are like they are doing that because they know the money that these new owners have, they can I mean it's 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 if you think PSG is crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Newcastle is just Let's get back to United for a second. Yeah. Um 
you you're kind of in agreement with me with the kind of slow build process. Ah, uh, don't don't yeah don't be cutthroat and yeah don't go so berserk. Don't go berserk. So what's the who are you replacing first? That's the main thing. What are your priorities in terms of? Um, so let's say they had to make you have to replace them. Let's say they had to make four first team signings mm-hmm. this summer. What positions are you looking at? Holding midfielder. Yeah. Well, that that could be Frankie Dion. Right back. Who are you looking? Who could you look at there? Um, I suppose your man Durian Timber. Yeah. Uh, can play right back and centre back. So I think they're looking at him. Could you go to a three, maybe? Could mm. potentially centre back. Yeah, but uh, if that and that depends. I don't. I don't think I believe the Matthias Delict. Yeah, uh, I've heard it's more the the more concrete one seems to be Pau Torres. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like. I think the left sided centre back. I think Delict is only just because of Ten Hag. Yeah, and um, but I think there is substance to the Frankie De Jong rumor. Yeah. Because Barcelona seemed to be actively trying to offload him. Yeah. Um, striker. Let's Darwin, Darwin Nunes be top of your list. So right back. Yeah. But I don't, I've watched him. I think he's good. But I I don't know. I, there's so, I feel like there's something missing there. Yeah. And I feel like you're going to be spending a lot of money. That's a huge investment. Yeah, that'll be a massive fee. A massive fee on on a player. He's had this is his, he's had kind of one good season. This is you know he's yeah. young enough. I mean, I could look look across the way over to Merseyside at yeah. Richarlison. You get him for half the price. I know you you see you're big on Richarlison. Even bigger after his shit house on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> for those who don't know, there was. Uh, there were rumours going around that <laughs> Liverpool fans were stranded after <laughs> a fake bus company was set up to bring them to Paris. <laughs> yeah. And the owner and the, and the bus company set up only had one owner by the name of Mr. Richard Arlison. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Now, it's been established that well, it's been established that firstly Richardson yeah. had nothing to do with it. That no. it seemed to be Everton fans just trolling. But he did. and he did. <laughs> We don't seem. And there's also questions as to whether the whole thing is actually real. Or if it's just <laughs> some, one of those things that's sent around on WhatsApp and goes and yeah. just goes viral. So there's questions around all of that. But the fact Wasn't that there a video though? Of this but that could van. Be, that, that could be from anywhere though. She, she mentioned the name of the company though. Yeah. Coach Innovations. But like. But I, you could stick a Liverpool jersey on yourself and say the she same could, thing. She could, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there were questions about that. Now look, if it is real, mm. fair enough. But I don't know. I thought I thought I saw something at the weekend that suggested that it wasn't actually yeah. a real thing. But it was just one of those things that started on WhatsApp and just went like yeah. hellfire. Even Richarlison himself getting involved in um, we, We'll get back to the Champions League final later as well because I just want to talk about what happened outside the stadium there was oh yeah a bit of, but um yeah with Richarlison I think he'd be a great signing because he's he, he he's cheap enough this Darwin Nunes fella listen listen he could prove me wrong but 
I just I feel like Richarlison would have there there's a bang of try of leaving the tour early to get mm. Fabregas and ending up with Fellaini about it. Yeah. If you if you're trying to get Nunes you end up with you think Richarlison. He's, you think he's the Fabregas in this situation? I think so, yeah. Now look, it remains to be seen as mm. how good he is. I just don't know if Richarlison is the answer yeah. either. They they need a winger as well, I think. They they really yeah. do. Unless Rashford can find some form over the They need they they need they need cover because I don't think Alanga's enough. Marshall's obviously on his way out. They need cover for, for like Sancho is playing on the left and Rashford's playing on the left the left. So they need maybe maybe that fella off Ajax Anthony they're yeah. talking about. He seems to be but they definitely need another winger. Ajax United it's gonna turn out to be. It could be, stage. yeah. But here's the thing James Garner could be coming back. I don't think he's coming back. I'd say with Forrest going up, he's going back there. Still a good move, I think, as well. Yeah. Still still a very smart move. You have Hannibal. Um, you have... I mean... What's his name? Jesus Christ, it's after... Charlie McNeil. Charlie McNeil. Yeah. Like, Charlie McNeil has been playing super in the reserves. Mm. He needs to get his chance. He needs to have his Rashford moment next year, I think. Um. Garnacho as well, still young enough. Give him some first team opportunities. This is to see Ten Hag believes in the youth. Yeah. He's and he takes it'd risks be, on the be, youth. It'd be interesting to see though. Solcher, much as I love you, Ollie, he never ever took risks with playing the he never promoted much of the youth. That's actually very true because I remember when they signed Dallow and Solcher just wasn't did not know. I he was think not he, into him. I think I think we figured out why. He wasn't into him as I well. I heard today that apparently Dallow was impressed. Eric Ten Hag. Yeah. And I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I, I think Has there Ten is a Hag player in there. Crossing? I think there is a player in there. There is a player in there. But fuck me, he needs to work on his crossing. Yeah, but like you're, when you're coming into... But like Dallow barely played for United. And then Rania came in and started playing him. And then he's coming into an absolute holy volcano mm. shit show. Like, yeah. You know, I think I, that's not I think, an environment where I think, a player is going to try, especially old, a defender. I think a poor old Wan Basaka. He's done. He's on his way back to Palace on loan. I hear. Yeah, he's done. I think. Um, he is done because he's a one-dimension. He is the opposite of Trent Alexander-Arnold. We see even still, and we said this. Well, last actually, week. no. His positional awareness is shocking. Yeah, his position. You know, like but he's, he's just. He's but caught he's out so many. But times. he's athletic enough that he's able to make lovely-looking tackles on the eye. You know? I know that's not good enough. Though. No, it's not. It's not. It's not good enough. Because because I remember going back years and years, the the whole Vidic or Ferdinand thing. Mm. Everyone's just like, oh, Vidic, he's always smashing that. He's always yeah. making last-ditch tackles. Like, if he's making last-ditch tackles, it's because he's out of position in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times did Rio Ferdinand bail him out? Oh, I maintain that Rio Ferdinand's the best centre-back we've had. Do you think so? Yeah, I maintain that. Yeah, well, I think true consist- consistently every season... He was so good for us. He was just calm and composed on the ball. And for, ev- as far as ball playing centre half, he was just class. Yeah, but everyone would say, oh, he was prone to making a stupid mistake. Like, yeah, so is Virgil van Dijk. You know, it happens. Yeah, they all are. It's just, it's something that happens. This is the thing. Centre backs are humans. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, you know, they, they make errors. Going back to United as well, Ralph Ranić. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what blame a, him. What a great waste of time. I don't know. It wasn't a waste of time. I, I don't blame him. He spoke out against the board. He spoke out against the club. They didn't like it. Off he goes. Yeah. But. He exposed things. 
He exposed things that they didn't want exposed. Very much like what Mourinho did. Now, I, towards the end of uh, Mourinho's tenure at the club, I hated him. I hated the toxicity he brought with him. You know, towards the end, I was like, typical Mourinho. This is how it's going. But in hindsight, maybe he was right. Maybe some of the issues that he highlighted were correct. Now, I know a lot of it was about him and his ego, but Ranić exposed all of the, the shit at that club. Yeah, I know that, but I was get and you know this as well, I said it last week, it, Like, there's only so much of that you can actually listen to before mm. you have to kind of look at look at Ranić and go, that's great and all, like, yeah, we no, get No, I it. know, I get the it. Players yeah. are, like, the players are shitbags, I get it, but what are you doing about it? Yeah. You're playing them all again and again and again. Yeah. And you're, you're like, where's you're, the. You're trying to mask that over your poor results. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, your you poor know, management. Yeah. You know, there's that element as well. It's just, it was a. But I, I just think, think I, the whole I, thing was I think great the, waste in the grand, Yeah. The grand scheme of it all, him exposing the, the turbulence at the club, you could say. Well, I don't know if it's a good thing it's if, if it's if, jet, if it's a good indication for the future because he's no. not going to be. It was a get out of jail free card though as well for him. Like, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Like, like I said, look, the first few weeks it was refreshing, it was honest, and you could see it and you could understand it. But then when it's it gets boring when he's when he's talking about the toxic players in the dressing room and all that. But sort how of do shit. you think Ten Hag feels about and it? And then and then you play them all again. Well, you'd like to think that. Ten Hag knew knew what he was getting himself into. I think, like, I don't think any of these managers are stupid. They don't need Ralph Ragnick to tell them yeah. how shit the situation is. They mm. don't need him to do it. Like, we could see it from outside. Yeah. We didn't like to hear about it until Ragnick spoke about it because Solskjaer was always defending them, but... His players threw him under the bus. Yeah. That was the thing about Solskjaer. He was just too nice. No, he was. He was too nice and he, want, he didn't want any of the focus on the players because yeah. for whatever reason and and we go back as well to but any Frankie manager, de Jong any manager worth their salt would have seen what was going on there we're looking at this situation though with Frankie de Jong and um, there's a few United fans like myself a few years ago I remember Dybala they were interested in Dybala on the deadline day and mm. um, Dybala wasn't interested and I was kind of how dare you this is Manchester United you're yeah. turning down Manchester United who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. Now I'm looking at it like because Ranya kind of exposed, you know, how shy things are at the club. De Jong, it's 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 apparently a very hard sell. And yeah. the only the only um and that's, and that's the and that's the risk you run as well. Yeah. But the only USP unique selling point in trying to get De Jong to United is Eric Ten Hag. Jeff Bezos over here. Unique selling point, USP. Mr. Breen, business. Fifth, fifth and sixth K- year K- KPIs you'll be talking shout about out to next. Mr. B- shout out to Mr. Breen great teacher <laughs> oh he was one of those teachers that was just great great crack as well sorry going back to the Champions League final and one thing you, we said that we wanted to talk about was the 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 nonsense before well I don't know if nonsense is the right word but the nonsense from UEFA about what happened pre-game yeah. terrible organisation from UEFA Oh, but like happened? the message saying that all oh, due to the late arrival of fans, they were f- sitting out there for well, standing hours. out there for hours yeah. trying to get in. Tear gassed, they were being sprayed with the pepper sprayed. There were kids there. Not a good look, you No, and then not there was, a good there was the underpass as well where they were yeah. getting funneled. Like 
That's you know, like UEFA. You know, we had the Super League debacle last year, and these guys are trying to make things right. They're trying to improve. They're trying to improve the whole. You know, the whole aspect, every single aspect of of football. But and that's two major tour- uh, major tournament yeah. finals now. That something has gone wrong. Yeah. That and the Euros last last year. Yeah. Like something went wrong there. Yeah. I see it. it um. Because Conor Moore gave a great account of it on off the off the ball, and he put out a tweet, and we know Conor. Conor's not one to no. Conor just puts up his videos, and that's it. Yeah, and he Conor, talks Conor's about happy. Conor's happy in in his in his world. Yeah, yeah, know? he is, and and it's it was rare for him to put out a tweet like that, but it no. was a great. It was a real insight into what happened, and how incompetent, um, you know, UEFA and the the staff there. Some of the videos are shocking. Yeah, they were shocking. Like lads climbing over fences to stop themselves from being pressed against the wall. Like. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 not nice to see that. And you, know? you see the odds. It's now. kids. Thank when I see kids, uh, you know, this is a dream for young kids yeah. going to see a final. Like this is just you can only imagine how big it is for them and their parents with them and all that, and to see them kind of crying and. Been tear gassed. I hate that shit. But like, and you just don't do that. And then to try and say that, oh, it was fans turning up late or loads of fans had fake tickets or whatever it is. Like, if there's any, if there's fans of any club that you don't want to try and pass blame onto for potentially dangerous situations like that, it's Liverpool. Mm. Like, they know it. They've gone through all the pain of it mm. before. Yeah. And they went through all the pain after Hillsborough of being accused of being in the wrong by the police and yeah. the Sun newspaper and all of that. But I think it was very unfair and as they well. And through years that, to get themselves vindicated. And here yeah. was UEFA. Oh, now, whether that was their intention or not, their intention was to save face. Mm. But here's UEFA then trying to say, oh no, like try, nearly passing the book on to them, to yeah. the fans. And it's just like, mm, don't. Well, I think it was very unfair because obviously, you know, there was assumptions when we seen that there was a delay to the kickoff, that you know, UEFA didn't give any clarity as to what was going on. No, there was nothing, kind of uh, nothing of note until the game finished up. I was watching. You know? I was watching the the coverage on BT, and you know they were in the stadium and they read out what was on the on the video screen mm. above. And then they went for a break and they came back and Jake Humphrey literally said, actually, we've been informed by Liverpool fans that there's, it's practically chaos out there and people are getting tear gassed and pepper sprayed and stuff like that. You know, that's... And then all the journalists in the place were saying, Liverpool fans didn't arrive late. These Liverpool fans had the proper tickets, were, were presenting these tickets to the staff yeah. and they were being refused... And just, it just utter, creating, utter incompetence and it's creating massive bottlenecks and it was so dangerous so so dangerous well it's not good because you know big opportunity for for, for Paris the Champions League final was supposed to take place in St. Petersburg because with everything that happened they moved it to Paris and that should have been you know such a welcoming surprise to the Parisians um, are the next Euros in France? oh after 2016 surely not no no, they're not. Sorry. No, no, no. Do you know what I'm thinking of? The Olympic Games are in Paris. Well, Paris, got to work on it. 
I love Paris. I had a lovely lovely trip a few years ago. Do you know what? Do you know what? This will actually be like the Olympic Games will be a good barometer, actually. Yeah. It'll either it'll show that Paris can do this. And then it'll bring the questions back to UA when it's like, hang on a minute now, how can they organize all yeah. of these events and all of these venues with all of these supporters and all of these athletes coming over from yeah. every point of the world? Yeah. And you couldn't organize a couple of hundred thousand fans. I know, yeah. Around your, one stadium. Your man Seferin has a lot to, to answer for yeah. as well, given what happened as well last year with the Euros. Yeah. So, yeah. Once is once is an accent, twice is a pattern. You know, very sorry to hear that with Liverpool fan. Very sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that, that Connor Moore, you know, a Liverpool fan. You know, he was going over there as a Liverpool fan to watch the final. Didn't get to, you know, rel- enjoy that experience. So yeah, no, it was a shame. I, I feel terrible for. Yeah, I do as well. Some of the young families. I also seen Jason McAteer. Um, put up a tweet. He said his his uh, son was attacked and Jesus. his wife was mugged. So. Not no, it's not nice to hear that. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. No, it's um, it's not the nice. It's so pull your socks up, UEFA. Improve it next year yeah. for Istanbul. The Ataturk Stadium, I believe it'll is be Istanbul. It was back in Istanbul. It was meant to be in fucking Istanbul in 2020. What happened there? They moved it to Portugal. Then they moved it to Portugal again in 2021. Then it was Saint Petersburg. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the amount of venue changes for the Champions League final in the last three years has been nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think, look, I, I think uh, with the domestic season over and everything club-wise wrapped up, whether yeah. it's uh, the Champions League and the Premier League, we've no summer tournaments to look forward to because... Well, do we need to talk about the elephant in the room that is Qatar, or is that <laughs> for another day? Another That's day, another day. Andrew. That's another day. It's an absolute shambles that that World Cup is being held there. But said, uh, look, there is still some football to be played. There's the Nations League. Yeah, and we don't really talk about Ireland that much on this podcast. We should more. Um. Well, I don't think we've. There hasn't been a situation where we've had no. any competitive games, really. No, no. And this is kind of the. This is kind of the way. This this is kind of the, of the first kind of competitive games we have, and people will, people will throw their noses up at the Nations League and all that. It's actually for teams like Ireland. It's very it's great. important. It's very important. It's very and beneficial important. if things go our way. Yeah, yes. exactly. So we play Armenia on Saturday, and then Wednesday, June eighth, we are at home to Ukraine, and then Saturday, June the eleventh, we're at home to Scotland. And then on Tuesday, June 14th, we're away in Ukraine and that's being played at a neutral venue. I think it's in Poland. Poland, yeah. yeah it's, it's in Poland. Poland. Um, the team, the squad was announced last week. Yeah. And mostly what you would kind of expect, the same, a lot of the same names that Stephen Kenny would trust. Yeah. It's great to see Michael Obafemi back. Yeah, like, 100%. You know, Stephen Kenny said himself that... In now, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he basically said, he told on the family to go work on some things and mm. clearly he has to the yeah. point where he's satisfied with that. So we've lacked a goal score, really, a, a true kind of goal score. It'll be yeah. interesting to see where he we fits. Have. Now, like, we've been thankful that Robinson and Ogbeni have been able to kind of dig us out of holes. Yeah. But I don't think they're true goal scorers if you look at their club form. At least No, they're, they're not. They're not. They're still great players for Ireland, don't get me wrong. 
But so it's great to see my uh, Femi back in. Hopefully he'll be it is, that. Yeah, it is good. That kind of missing link. Yeah, no, and and it is. It's what we need. I mean, it's 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 a very. It's still a very young team. A very young side, very young side, which I, I suppose that spells a bit of enthusiasm and excitement for the future. Although the one name really um, that stands out there as well is the call up of Festi Eveselli. Yeah, after that season at Derby. Yeah, gone to Udinese and AKA Watford in the summer. Okay, <laughs> 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 what? Well. So I, yeah. I. I I guarantee he will end up at Watford next year or next season. Yeah, he's signed for Evans. He's signed for Udinese because you remember Watford and Watford and Udinese own are the same owners. They're the same, yeah. And and Granada in uh, yeah Spain. Yeah, we could be got a Granada. You never know. <laughs> no, I think that's not like I feel like he'll end up at Watford next mm. year. But you know, like I'm still unsure about him as a technical footballer, but. Yeah, what an athlete! Oh yeah, strength, the power, the pace—like yeah. he's frightening for defenders. That's that's what is needed. Yeah, it is like, what's so, needed. Someone can, need... who can just run directly yeah. to players, you know. Well, it's 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 kind of it's what Kenny wants. He wants those kind of players. He wants. Yeah, I think he's been struggling to find them. Really, he found one in Ogbené. All right, mm. it's just such a. I mean, you say you say there's a few old heads in there. I mean, you know, yeah, there is in that sense. But like, it's a very young squad. It's exciting. I, I think Stephen Kenny is the man at the moment for this yeah. job. I think the brand of football we're playing is completely different. But if he can kind of turn that into a, in a sense, in an inst, am I saying it right? In an institutional way, kind of. Get go away with the hoof the ball shite that we've had. But you see, for no, I think I think what he's found is that mix, you know, because he, when he first came in, I think he tried to keep it on the deck and play tiki taka stuff, and he's found a mix from it. But it's I'd and they realise that there needs to be some form of I'd direct play in there. Seventy thirty mix, seventy yeah. of of his brand and thirty of the of the old the old style. You yeah, know? yeah, but I think like I think because when you think of the likes of Robinson. Ogbené, like they've yeah. thrived under they have yeah. playing playing that direct kind of system. Mm. Now look, he's it's not it's not hoofball yeah. either. Like you know, like direct football can be really but, fucking attractive. I, I hate to bring the mood down as well, but in the Premier League as well this season, wasn't it like eight eight goals scored by yeah. Republic of Ireland players? Yeah, and look, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's obviously something that isn't great but like that's that's where we are right now you know? it is where we are young and, squad these players are getting older they'll get more game time and, in the Premier League and as Stephen Kenny pointed out you know we went through a phase where players who are you know between the ages of 24 to mm. 28 29 they weren't brought through yeah and we were left with and now we're Calling left with, players we're left in their mid-20s yeah, yeah and we're was, left with that big gap there yeah. now that's a lot of the players that he that Kenny would have had with the under twenty ones are trying are trying to fill. Mm. Yeah. Whereas now there seems to be there's a ba- there there seems to be a bit of a balance. There's there. set there's there at least they're setting up the structures. You know, like, like yeah. Gavin Kilkenny could easily be in that squad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he could easily be in that squad. And but he they've kept him with the under twenty ones because the under twenty ones still have 
yeah. a couple of crucial qualifiers to play as well. And, you know, so... And you Troy Parrott kind of slowly but surely coming into his own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's... You know, people will... I, d- I don't know what to kind of expect out of this campaign. I think if we play our game... Like, it'll, it'll be the first real test, I think. Yeah. Of his management. Because we're playing against teams that are deemed to be at our level. Yeah. You know, the, like, the Nations League is set up in a way that you're playing teams that are there or thereabouts at your level. Yeah. And you'll find out if you're at that particular level or not. Yeah, so yeah. this is really the... Fr- but people... I think people forget as well, like, there's potential... Euro, Euro's playoff spots up for grabs here yeah. if they perform well enough. Absolutely, yeah. Like, that's how we got one the last time. Yeah. We got one the last time because we finished bottom of our <laughs> Nations League group. <laughs> I know. But nuts. because we were in Group B, we were given one essentially <laughs> by default and Mick McCarthy yeah. was hailed as a master, as the master <laughs> for getting us to a playoff again. Like. <laughs> anyway, we've no summer to look for. We've no summer of football to look forward to. So, hopefully, Ireland do well this yeah. month. And... I don't know. You know, you should do something. You know, you should do something. You know, listen, I'd be happy to. Stephen Kenny's Ireland. I look forward to watching those few fixtures. It's, it's, it'll be a breath of fresh air from what I've been watching from Man United this year. So, yeah. And on that note, that's all we have time for this week. This podcast was brought to you by Go Loud. Go Loud is the home of Irish podcasts. Whether you're looking for a laugh out loud comedy, a gripping true crime story or some practical life advice, the Go Loud app is the place for you. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to the podcast. And folks, we're going to take a little break for a few months. Uh, We're going to come back when the new season starts um, because there's not much going on in between then, Andrew, is there? No, not really. We'll have the the Nations League games that are coming up, but then after that, there's no summer tournament this year, so... Perfect time, really, to take a break, recharge yeah. the batteries. And I think when we come back, there will be more optimism in Al Fawn, more enthusiasm, a new manager on board at Manchester United, <laughs> maybe a few new signings. And we all get that way, don't we? Started a Premier League season, like, you know, the week leading up to the, the opening games. We're in a great mood. We're looking forward to it. So hopefully, a bit of enthusiasm. <laughs> by that point and I'm getting married folks as well so I have a wedding to plan that's very important but I just want to say a massive thank you to you guys for listening to this podcast I really hope you enjoyed it over the last couple of weeks um, I know I've been a bit miserable for every episode but look that's what Man United have done to me um, hopefully it's a bit different when we come back and a big thank you to all of our guests as well that came on the podcast um, they were brilliant And also a special thanks to uh, the people that took part in our Twitter spaces as well. Um, We found them to be very successful, very engaging, and there'll be a lot more of them uh, in the new season. And a special thanks to our producer, Andrew Louth. Ah, don't. Don't be No, no, no. You deserve it. You've been fantastic, buddy. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, resuming again in August, pal. So yeah, folks, um, have a great summer. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to Goldmilt. We will be back in August. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.